thinking I was giving a compliment. I said, I am just so glad you're not as petite as my former girlfriends were. <laughs> and then I added insult to injury by saying, you're just so sturdy. <laughs> she had to correct me. <laughs> You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord, as we come on this morning where we remember those who trusted in you and so rest secure in your care, we remember that it is not by their merits that they are received, but by your grace. And so we pray that in this time of reflection upon the scriptures, there would be nothing of me in this place but only what is of you. Bless us to receive this, your good word, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, it is an absolute truism, I'm sure, that all pastors think a great deal about the opening of their sermon, because if you don't grip people at the beginning... By the time you get to the meat of what you want to say, they're already looking out the windows and paying attention to other things. It's hard enough to concentrate without a good opening story. So this morning I've decided to tell you about the most ridiculous thing I ever said. It was exactly 28 years ago this coming May. And I can remember that because this coming June I'll be married 25 years ago. And I dated my wife for three years before we got married. So we were on our second, third, fourth date, something like that. And I was rejoicing in the fact that my girlfriend, my new girlfriend, was not like some of the other girls I had dated before. She was not so high maintenance. She didn't spend as much time getting her hair ready. We could do, one of our great memories from dating was we went um, waltzing in the fountain outside of the music building in the rain one day. She, she was willing to do those silly things and make herself messy. And since you all know me pretty well by now, um, you know the kind of hugs I give at the back of the church. And they're not, well, they're robust. They're not delicate. <laughs> and um, I was rejoicing that she wasn't, so frail as some of the girls I dated before, and she, she liked those hugs. And so I said to her, thinking I was giving a compliment, I said, I am just so glad you're not as petite as my former girlfriends were. <laughs> and then I added insult to injury by saying, you're just so sturdy. <laughs> She had to correct me. 
She said, every woman spends her life wishing she could get into the petite section of the dress shop. Ah, I was being ridiculous and I didn't even know it. (laughs) Well, I decided to open my sermon with that story because um, the words we hear from Jesus today, the words we recount every All Saints Sunday, the words we call the Beatitudes, this These words are the opening line of Jesus' most famous, longest, best-recounted sermon in Scripture, the Sermon on the Mount. These are Jesus' opening words to grip the attention of his audience. And one scholar has called them the most ridiculous words that Jesus ever said. You look at the world around you, and on the face of them, these words are ridiculous. The meek shall inherit the earth. J. Paul Getty quoted that by saying, well, the meek may inherit the earth, but they won't get the mineral rights. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness when we can just turn on the news and see injustice every day. Blessed are those who have mercy, for they shall be merc- they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful. You know, there wouldn't be sayings like no good deed goes unpunished if lots of people hadn't had that experience. <laughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God, sons of God, inheritors of God. My high school students, it's weird for me to realize that my high school students are too young to remember the Tiananmen Square incident. When a young college student stood in front of a tank with his hand up like this, expecting the free world to come to the aid of the people of China who were seeking basic human rights the way they'd come to the aid of the people of India and put pressure on the British government. They expected the same thing to happen. And instead, our own State Department estimates that over 10,000 were killed that day. And no repercussions were ever brought against the the People's Republic of China, that government. These words of Jesus crescendo into the most outrageous things of all. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And finally, at their apex, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. That word rejoice sounds crazy, but it it echoes were there in the original word. The word we translate as blessed, makarios, literally means happy are those because God has chosen to give them something special, like persecution. This makes no sense. These are the most ridiculous things Jesus ever said, unless they're true. Can you imagine how these words would grip your attention if you were under the boot of the Roman Empire, experiencing the kind of oppression Jesus is talking about, hungering and thirsting for something better? Jesus is telling these people that in the fullness of time, in the fullness
fullness of the plan of God, everything you think you know, everything that is part of your common experience as being a human being in a fallen world will be turned on its head. That there will be fulfillment for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That those who are peacemakers will get what they're aiming for, what they're thirsting for. The merciful shall receive mercy. The meek shall inherit the earth. Those who are peacemakers will be called children of God. All these things will be true. Everything you think you know will be turned on its head. That's how much God has come to shake things up. And these words must have seemed crazy. They must have seemed ridiculous when they heard them. Until a day came when everybody knew that the dead don't rise, but there was an empty tomb. And Jesus met with his apostles and ate dinner with them. Until a day when the Holy Spirit fell upon those apostles and they preached that good news of what God had done in Jesus, that the reversal had begun and that death had begun to work backwards. And that in the fullness of time, what Jesus had started in his resurrection would be true for everything and everyone. These promises can only be received by faith now because we can't see the reality. But we have a down payment on that reality. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that we, who cannot yet see peacemakers receiving that inheritance of God, who cannot see those who hunger and thirst for righteousness being fulfilled, can endure the persecution that will come for believing those promises. And next week, we'll be talking about the persecuted church. It's the International Week of Prayer for those, our brothers and sisters who are oppressed for the name of Christ. So we can endure the persecution and ridicule of those who cannot yet believe, knowing that those things are true because Jesus did in fact rise from the dead. God's great reversal has begun. And we are blessed to be a part of what he's doing in the world until it crescendos to its apex. And the most ridiculous things Jesus ever said are proven to be true. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, in this world where sin, death, and the devil seem to have their way, we give thanks and praise that in your glorious rising from the dead for all to see, you have proven to us that you have triumphed over those powers. Grant us the courage, Lord, to believe these promises to walk forth, to let your light shine through us into a dark world, to be peacemakers, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, and most especially when we mourn, to know that you have begun to set the wheels of death running backward, and that in the fullness of time, all who trust in you will be gathered at a wedding feast that has no end, 
and we'll be able to look back on these dark days and remember them as something that happened long, long ago in a time and place far away. But give glory to you that you have made all things new. These things we ask through him who made these promises, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.